everyone and welcome back to another episode of Beautiful Minds. My name is Martin, I'm joined by Staz and our lovely guest today is Charlie Boyd. Charlie, you're the founder of Firm Feet in London, which aims to provide sound and movement-based meditation exercises to balance everyday mental well-being, with your most popular exercise being dancing in the dark. We can't wait to talk more about those, especially since I've been trying them out all week. But firstly, welcome to Beautiful Minds. How are you? Hello, that's a very grand introduction. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. I'm really good. How are you guys? Good, good. Good, Martin, you're getting very good at those introductions. It's nice. Practice (laughs) makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's been really good actually I feel yeah I'm uh, looking forward to hearing how you've been getting on yeah I think um obviously with everything happening Saz decided that he uh you know wants to save lives instead but you know that's that's okay we'll forgive him. We'll forgive him. <laughs> yeah yeah I didn't get the chance to try and them out but I thought actually it would be a good opportunity instead of us just talking about it because we know it uh, obviously we need to talk about it in a way that the listener can also understand what, what it's about without yeah. actually having done it before. Mm. Yeah. So we've got the expert, we've got the new trialist, and then we've got the complete novice. So we've got... That's perfect. Yeah. You're going to ask all the, all the pokey questions you want. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that jumped to mind when I first tried, tried to do it was the, uh, was the music. Because normally when I do anything relating to meditation it's very quiet or you know you're purely listening to natural sounds like waves or some I've heard even with rainfall and I'm sure there's more that I haven't explored yet but then your one actually includes music that you might hear on a daily basis or if you go to a you know um, slightly alternative place in London perhaps you might mm. hear that in in the bar or, or in a restaurant somewhere so can you tell us a bit more about why you decided to include more sounds which you might hear on a daily basis perhaps as opposed yeah, to yeah totally sounds? yeah um well I, I wanted to make the sessions really personal and I wanted to use music that that works for me in this way dance of the dark was really born out of hedonism as well and it was kind of it came from I was a bit of a raver back in the day so I was very much into going out going to raves going to clubs and listening to that kind of music and I've always kind of erred on the side of quite experimental music. And I like, I like the space that's created a lot in, in that kind of music. And so I wanted to bring um, music that was quite fresh, but also that was, could be quite challenging. Um, but then also that, yeah, that has a rhythm and there's something in there that you might, that you might also, um, uh, yeah, be used to hearing, but I'm quite, I, I quite like to kind of keep the lyrics to a minimum so it's not too much because I find the lyrics can bring you back to your head quite a lot. Mm. There might be these kind of tracks where there's a sort of thread through the theme of lyrics but nothing too, um, you know, like a chorus and a, a verse of chorus and um, a little bit less of a song. I want people to, to enjoy it. I want people to be challenged in their movement and in their mind and for things for it to be an exploration in the journey and I, I love the ambient I love ambient stuff and I use a lot of ambient music too um, and I think that's kind of integral as well to have that and to have that soft approach and I I often like to start ambient build it up to quite a bit more of a banging um, or a bit more of an edge and then come yeah. back down to something quite chilled I just have quite an eclectic taste in music myself and I produce music so I'm always um always digging and always listening to to old stuff new stuff and stuff that sort of stimulates me in in a yeah. less generic way i suppose so perhaps before we go into kind of what the meditation does and 
the the roots behind it we can talk more about your bands and the kind of music that you've explored as a producer as well since i was a child really i've just always loved singing i grew up um listening to a lot of soul and jazz i used to love female soul singers and male soul singers and yeah i've just been writing songs for as long as i can remember i'm in a band called hamasha which is a sort of lo-fi acoustic band it's just me and a guitarist um and um and then i'm also doing a more experimental project with my partner which is very electronic um quite ambient um and yeah i've just i've had a kind of whole host of different band histories and i just really love working in duos it's just so simple mm. <laughs> i've been in kind of like big collectives and it's like you know 10 or 12 people and it changes each week and it's pretty stressful <laughs> so um i just love exploring sound i'm also training um as a sound healing practitioner with the voice so using the voice in a healing way and sort of sound healing setting and how did you get into this uh into you know the art of meditating how, how did it all start i think like most people who who get into meditation there's there's a bit of a, a personal personal change breakthrough I, I kind of, I had a big change in my life. I think I was always exploring it. I was traveling from a very young age, from my early twenties. And I was in India and I was in Africa and I lived in Japan for quite a long time. So I was always quite attuned to it. Um, and I came back to the UK in about 2012. And I'd just been in a place that I was, I stopped the kind of hedonistic lifestyle quite a long time ago but I'd got extremely strict with myself and I was kind of doing, um, I was just really extreme with exercise, really extreme with diet. And I just lost a sort of flow to my life. And I was sort of running, I was doing like 40 degree hill runs in Japan and um, like four or five times a week. And it was just really, really strict and quite, I'd got really serious. And then I came back to, to the UK, quite a lot changed for me. And I just started exploring lots of different techniques. I was exploring sort of plant medicine and um, I was suffering from quite extreme migraines at the time. So I was just trying loads of different modalities, different kind of healing techniques and therapies and meditation. And then um, what had kind of struck me is when I'd sort of stopped raving, I'd actually stopped dancing even though it's something I just love doing. I love moving my body in that way, but it was almost, it almost, um, there wasn't something to fuel it. Um, and a friend of mine at the time invited me to an ecstatic awakening dance session, um, which is a method. I literally within, after the first session, I signed up to do teacher training for that. Cause I was just like, oh yeah, I could dance again. And from that sort of period, I just, started to get a much more flow into my life I think that's the thing with with dance is you can just um you can just let go in a way that you can't with any other exercise or any other meditation as well I think for me I yeah. you know I do I do see the value in in meditation and it's fantastic and I use it a lot in my life as well and you know I've I've done different styles of meditation that have been absolutely life-changing for me but on a sort of daily basis um, a movement meditation I just seem to work through stuff so much better in my mind my I get a lot more clarity um, my mental health is just much more balanced um, and it's just it's it's just great it, it's a sort of you, you can't really lose with dancing <laughs> it sort of does everything 
Absolutely, yeah. It's quite powerful when you mentioned that, you know, raving was a big part of your life. And then when you stopped, you felt as though you stopped dancing and you stopped feeling good. I think that's that's really important. Um, mm. You managed to kind of continue that journey and teach others. And you've done it in a really unique way. I'm, I'm really impressed. I think the whole concept of dark, dancing in the dark is is unique because like you said in one of your recordings you actually remove any visual distractions and it's quite surprising how many visual distractions there are out there absolutely yeah yeah we can and even sometimes like when i'm dancing at the moment i'm doing a lot of practicing the set list and the playlist and sometimes i'll even just like be i'll just find myself just check it out with a quick check on my phone and like what am i doing <laughs> you know just put it away and just get into your body and it's so easy to just to just go down that, you know, that route of um, being constantly stimulated by something external. But when you move in this way, you just, you have to go inside, you know, you have to go inwards. And that's really where, where the healing is. So um, yeah, hopefully people are finding that. Well, yeah, it's very liberating. And a lot of people are, are commenting on, on that, on that basis. But I do find, I, I'm quite interested to hear how people find it at home because Obviously, I, I normally run these sessions in community spaces and, uh, you know, when you're held in that space in a different way, you sort of have no choice but to, to let go of any visual distraction or, yeah. you know, you can't check your phone, you can't do this and that. Um, but when you're at home, obviously, it's a lot more tempting to just, because even in my sessions, when I hold them in community spaces, it's, I always sort of say it's quite good to try and stay in the room if you can, because as soon as you go out, even if you just go to the toilet, you're going to be back there in your head interested to see how that's working out for people if people are yeah. kind of just checking out a little bit and yeah, <laughs> avoiding it, themselves the minute i heard that word or that phrase visual distraction i thought of my phone right because that distracts me on a daily basis even when i realize it i'm doing it i still carry on mm. i think it's a very distracting tool that we rely on so much but then it also backfires a lot and i think with uh, you know with the dancing in the dark i feel like I didn't really want to see my phone after that. So I didn't mm. really use my phone after that. But then there's been times when, for example, on Thursday, I think yeah, it, was, it was raining quite badly on Thursday. And I remember thinking now would be a perfect time to dance in the dark. Or let me just check mm. a few messages before that, because I know afterwards I'm not going to want to check my phone. Mm. And it's, it's quite good as well, because, you know, if you've got kind of... Um you know, you might have some messages that you have to kind of think about. You might have some work you need to think about. And even mm. though the aim is to get out of your head, you can sometimes come out with quite a lot of clarity because you do naturally just go back to things that are going on for you, you know. Um, so you yeah. can kind of come back and have a bit more of a measured, grounded way of um, articulating your response. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I mean, it's different for everyone. They might have urgent messages they have to get back to. But for me, like, I know everything I reply to quite quickly can wait hours if not days it's not that great urgent. yeah especially now during lockdown it's like who's going to come and get me who's going to come and find me and say you didn't reply to messages it's like yeah yeah you're fine you're going to survive um so i think perhaps you know it's, it's a message as well that we we ought to be more self-aware as well like the meditation should make us aware that hey hang on you've just gone this long without using your phone perhaps that's a sign that you feel good maybe mm. not using your phone could make you feel even better on a more regular basis mm. and it's such it's such a beautiful experience when you have the opportunity not to use your phone my partner and I sometimes go to Sky and we stay at a friend's house and there's no phone reception there's no wi-fi 
and we're often there for a week or two weeks making music yeah in in scotland Uh and uh yeah and it's just so lovely and uh, you can't get reception anywhere so we'll go for hikes and things and you don't get any signal um and then if you want to check your phone you have to kind of like drive up to the about four miles away at the top of a hill (laughs) and then you just get this like stream of like 150 whatsapp messages and it's there's there's always a slight dread you know of like oh god here we go i've got to to reconnect with everything that's going on when you feel especially at a point when you feel so connected with yourself and so connected like when i'm there i feel so connected with nature and everything around me and that's kind of it really isn't it like for me that's the ultimate that's where i want to be i want to be in that space where i'm just connected to to life Absolutely. At source, yeah. You'll have to give us some tips because uh, Staz is moving to Scotland in August. And we're oh, really? Planning, cool. We're Where are you moving to? So I'm moving I'm to going. Aberdeen. Okay. I don't know that. I don't know over that way very well, but um, that's great. What, so are you going to be working over there? Exactly. Yeah. For two years. Fantastic. Yeah. That's cool. So, yeah. It's such an amazing place. So we'll have to yeah. use that opportunity to do some hiking and some camping stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We, yeah. We'll just get into the outer hebrides just to yeah, explore we'll spend, uh, maybe a week uh yeah basically exploring and uh seeing a bit of uh, nature and things yeah, yeah there's, there's i think it's just endless exploration up there and it's just so it's so wild and so majestic like i lived i lived abroad for a decade and i came back to the uk and then i went to scotland for the first time when i was like 35 you know and it's like, oh my God, this is in the UK. This is amazing. It's just yeah. I've been kind of like seeking it so far away. And there's just this yeah. absolute yeah. wild beauty. Yeah, it's amazing how many nice places there are in the UK that we don't normally think about. Yeah. Travelling is travelling abroad. Yeah. And London London's can be such a bubble sometimes as well. A great bubble, a beautiful bubble. But it's, it's, sometimes it's quite hard to um, find time to get out of London as well. Yeah. I think we're very busy driven yeah. city yeah i agree with that yeah definitely so for me going back to um you know the dancing in the dark so the session itself so how does it work can you i don't know maybe you martin even do, do you want to do you want to take us through it so that uh you know person like me who hasn't done it before can understand it and then we can discuss it i mean the best way i would describe it is micro focus and that micro focus is about you and what's going on with your body. It's about connecting your mind to your body. That's how I felt. And I had this weird tingly feeling in some parts of my body because uh, I think obviously you walked us through it, uh, Charlie, and you said like, look, focus on certain parts of your body that are feeling weaker, channel energy to that area. And um, you know, you said it in a much better way and more soothing way. it seems to work like I had this tingly feeling and then you know you start dancing and you just go with the flow and you know before you know it's over and you're like oh my god an hour's gone by so and you're getting this music at the same time as well that you were talking about I'd say that's what stimulates me to move that's what if if there wasn't any music I don't know if I would move that's that's interesting as well that's a really great I love that micro focus I've not I've not heard anyone describe it like that before um but I suppose that, you know, we start off very slowly and gently and, and warm up. We'll just bring awareness to the mind, bring awareness to the breath and then warm up the body and just taking care to think about each part of your body. So you're really connecting your whole body as one, your whole body and mind. Yeah. And from that place, then 
we dance and just let go and and that can be whatever you want it to be it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be dancing either you know you might just be like I don't really want to dance I need to just roll around on the floor or <laughs> you know whatever and yeah and also I think what's kind of key is what you're saying about the micro focus as well it's like you, it can be quite cathartic because you're just observing what's coming up for you and emotions can arise in that space as well so yeah I don't know if you found that at all um no I didn't but I was kind of surprised I didn't at the same time I was thinking to myself later I didn't really like my mind didn't really wander anywhere mm. that I wasn't expecting it to it was very much uh, guided by what was being said on the recording mm. which is so that's good well, it might be you know you don't have you didn't have anything to to work through it that, at that time or you know yeah perhaps I mean I go through waves at home especially working from home you know there's sometimes there's periods when you're in really high workloads moments where you have to kind of perform and deliver and clock in more hours and there's other times where you can check in at 10 check out at four it's fine it's not too much of a big deal you don't have to worry about things the next day um, mm. and I think that's probably the kind of week I've had this week right so maybe on a busier week when there's more stuff going on, perhaps then my mind might be tested um, in that sense. But I suppose also it's quite a good practice just to observe any emotions that come up. It doesn't necessarily mean to, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be feeling sad or you're going to be feeling, you know, yeah, of course, yeah. something, something to work through. Like people quite often feel anger or frustration, or you might mm. just be a bit pissed off with the music. You might be like, Oh, this is not working for me. But mm. then that's a really good emotion just to throw into your movement and explore how your body can move with that in mind. And then just let your body decide where to go really. And does that happen um, a lot in your classes? Um, it, uh it can do yeah it has done a couple of people said oh, i found that really really hard but it was great because it really pushed me to you know go somewhere where i wouldn't normally go mm. um um i think generally the music is is pretty palatable like but i sometimes do like to put in something that might be have a bit of an odd rhythm or have sort of a uh, just a strange structure which i find really interesting and that often makes me kind of kind of contort my body a little bit more and maybe work into areas that I wouldn't really if I was just kind of going for a you know normal little rhythmic groove so yeah yeah well the music definitely taps into certain energy systems which I think mm. trigger different movements and if it's more upbeat like just more beats per minute I think that's going to trigger a different movement to maybe a slower rhythm which uh, is at the beginning so yeah totally. i think I, I think that's quite strategic because you want people to ease into it to be warmed up and to kind of leave with more endorphins and stuff like that so i mean mm -hmm. i'm not sure if there's any scientific research done behind any of this but i think as far as your feelings go you, it definitely speaks for itself yeah definitely yeah there is there is quite a lot of science in into that i'm very much like from the experiential side of things where it's mm. just you know, just feel it and, 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 and let it let it take you where you need to go. Yeah, if it works, it works, right? Yes. And what are your goals with regards to this, Charlie? So say for example, uh, in five years time, what, what what would you like to achieve with, with this? Um oh that's a good question. Um so I've been working a lot with mental health groups in the last year, um, which has just been a very 
fascinating and rewarding and I've, I've worked I was working at the recovery college in Hackney City and Hackney Recovery College which is part of the NHS NHS Trust I think it's called um, and we were sort of delivering um, group sessions so like a six-week course where people would come and we'd really break almost kind of pull apart dance in the dark or pull apart movement meditation and what that means and work through sort of mindfulness through dance and each week sort of theme it differently and then explore it just on a deeper level which was just so rewarding and people got so much from it and um I really I really enjoyed doing that I really loved doing that so I'd love to kind of do more working with mental health groups um and I've also worked been working with a social prescribing initiative which was a uh, funded project by Waltham Forest Council um and um I, I don't I'd be interesting actually Stas to hear your point of view on social prescribing as a doctor I don't know if you what if that's ever something that kind of comes into your your practice um but the idea is that uh doctors or people who are referring people with mental health issues are rather than saying here's here's some medicine they're saying oh why don't you try these alternative activities instead um and so we were providing them for the community obviously they stopped currently there so i was doing movement meditation i was also running peer support groups for um people with eating disorders and body image issues and other people there was sort of laughter yoga and art therapy and maternal mental health groups and um that was great so i i yeah i've really enjoyed that and this this year and i can really see a place in it you know and it's kind of pretty amazing like i can't imagine that being possible even sort of five years ago really so the kind of shift in consciousness and allowing these kind of activities into more of a mainstream or even a you know in a in a kind of um you know being referred to by the medical service is pretty cool yeah um, mm. i think definitely that's a really good thing and uh, as we go further into the future it's going to be even more of a thing yeah because as you said um yeah things are shifting and we are you know if we can you know avoid these medications and things it's uh, it's better to try something like like what you're doing uh you know something that doesn't have any side effects you know what why not try it and see mm. so yeah i think that's really good well it's good it's good to try and it's 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 what's brilliant is making them accessible and free to people who might not normally be drawn to it or might not be able to um you know have the luxury of going to sessions like this so yeah yeah it's been a real privilege working for those those groups but also um just in terms of future goals i'm um i'm really enjoying the sound healing side of things as well and bringing more using my voice in that context um so i can and I, i've been doing a lot of case studies over the past year and on a one-to-one -one level so it's a it's a, a sound healing treatment um and it's very tailored to the person's needs and what's going on for them and kind of weaving in sort of a lot of my movement practices into that as well. So beforehand doing a bit of movement and then, um, and then delivering the sound and scanning over the body and using different techniques and things. It's, it's fascinating. So I'd love to be really working, just continue working with movement and sound and on a, on a, on a deeper level. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just always evolving really. I think um, feet's always changing and I'm yeah, just enjoying the process.
Yeah, it's humbling to think that even someone like you, who's relatively an expert on this, uh, still hasn't. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, still hasn't come close to like the ceiling of of the potential that sound healing has. Because I was reading some articles as well, and there's so much more uh, discovery left to be made on this topic. You know, there's so much more space left. Like people need to do more research. People need to try mm. new techniques. And there's still so many cultures that have their own adaptation towards it. I was reading one article about Africa and the kind of sounds they use and uh, the mm. spiritual effects and all that I think I mean I don't know much about it but I was reading into it a bit more just to kind of prepare myself for this and I, I really don't think there's any true owner of the category like anyone that's for example with podcasts like you know Joe Rogan owns that category right he's like the mm. king of podcasts and then you've got sound healing who's the king of that who's who's mm. the go-to person it's still not too established so it's interesting like you said to see where it's going to go in like five years start yeah, I think, working with the actual you know conventional yeah. medicine yeah and it's, it's sort of experiment isn't it? everything yeah. sort of an experiment obviously there's a lot of theory and there's a lot of science but again for me I'm I'm quite dyslexic so I you know I can take like little bits and pieces of information but for me it's very much a experience thing you know and I get a lot of people who might be sort of skeptical of sound healing or even movement you know meditation and they want to know the kind of ins and outs of the science and, you know, they want backup before they experience it. And I'm like, well, just experience it and see what yeah. you feel. Cause that's where, that's where it's at, <laughs> you know, just see, yeah. how, see how you feel and see what shifts and changes and feel the expansion in your body. And I guess those people aren't hundred percent wrong because it's all about how they're introduced to it. If they're introduced to it as a, Oh, this is a fail proof way to kind of improve and heal then they might say, well, where's the backup? But if they say, look, this is a harmless activity, just try it out, yeah. see what happens, they might naturally fall into it and love it and think very highly of it. So mm. um, it, it depends how people are introduced. That's what I find anyway. Because Yeah, and I think it depends on how you, how you generally intake information anyway. Yeah. You know, everyone yeah. learns differently. There's another form of sound yoga, which is called uh, laughing yoga. Yes, yeah, my friend and does that. Yeah, I think, again, laughing is something which is natural to all of us. There's a lot of research mm. done, done behind what laughing can do for your immune system. So that kind of relates to immunology. And, you know, I think this is something that, so, this is similar to that category where, you know, you sound to, to heal in some sense, right? So um, mm. it's interesting if, if, if people start investigating this more, then it could mm. perhaps, you know, develop into something as big as laughing yoga yeah laughter laughter i'd actually did it in um mumbai years ago there's a place where everyone goes at sunrise um and it's sort of more of a, a, a cultural community thing it's predominantly men actually it's really interesting and it's yeah it's a, a you know it's a very kind of well uh trodden yogic technique in india and then and uh, my friend actually as a practitioner of it um but I think that's also really important and that's something that I really want to kind of bring into the movement meditation is also just be playful and, and have fun and, you know, enjoy yourself. Because I think sometimes the word meditation can have quite serious connotations to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can kind of go into this place of like, I've got to heal. I've got to go through all my trauma and my wounds and do this. But actually just have fun, enjoy yourself, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's something that dancing can really bring on and laughter you know as well I think they're both yeah I'm not sure about you Stas but one of the biggest obstacles for me when I first heard about meditation was like 
oh, I'm going to have to live like a Buddhist. I'm going to have to go to the mountains mm. to learn it properly and shave my head. <laughs> but it's not, it's not really true. If you can just focus on something or just focus on being here and being now, I think that's the mm. main purpose of, of meditation, practicing your ability to concentrate and then apply that in everything. Yeah. No, I didn't feel like that, actually. No? Okay. Just me then. <laughs> 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 I think what you say is true it's yeah it's about being here in the now in the present and um, yeah that's how I see it really it's just having the the discipline to do it daily basically if, if that's something you want to do yeah so Charlie yeah. Is, there, is there a way that maybe we can uh, practice like uh, a very basic exercise just to kind of uh, demonstrate to people listening exactly what it could be like yeah um I could, so what I could do is what I would do at the beginning of a session, which is just to sort of observe the mind and get into our breath and then drop into our body if you're up for, up for that. Sure, yeah. Okay. So are you, are you both sitting down? You are? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you could do this standing. I normally do this standing and it's a good way to sort of ground yeah. and, and okay. feel your feet. But we'll do it sitting. So I, I can stand. I'm a... I can stand as well. All right, okay. I'll stand as well then. So, standing with your feet firmly planted on the ground, hip width apart, and taking in a deep inhalation through the nose and a long exhalation through the mouth. And just being in your own natural rhythm for a few moments, breathing in, breathing out, feeling the rootedness of your feet, the ground beneath you. Observing any changes, any sensations in your body, any aches or pains, just observing without judgment, being in your breath. And with each inhalation, letting your breath travel down your body, filling up your chest, Breathing into your belly. And from this place, just start to observe your thinking mind. Notice any thoughts that are coming up. There might be conversations on the day. There might be tasks and things you need to do in the future. It might be experiences that have happened in the past, just observing without judgment. Breathing in through the nose, deep inhalations, long exhalations. And with each exhalation, just start to let those thoughts soften. And you can visualize them 
traveling down your body with each exhalation. Traveling down from your mind, perhaps on a golden cascading shimmering light. And letting those thoughts drop deeper into your body, loosening your body up as you go, releasing your shoulders, making any minor adjustments. Letting your mind travel down the core of your body, down through your limbs, and down to your feet. And taking a deep inhalation through the nose and a long exhalation through the mouth, feeling your feet, feeling the solidity of the ground beneath your feet. And breathing in love, breathing out love for yourself. And just bringing your awareness to your heart space. And I'm just going to read a poem as a meditation. Let someone love you just the way you are, as flawed as you might be, as unattractive as you sometimes feel and as unaccomplished as you think you are. To believe that you must hide all the parts of you that are broken out of fear, that someone else is incapable of loving what is less than perfect, is to believe that sunlight is incapable of entering a broken window and illuminating a dark room. So just observing your heart space and feeling any shifts, any expansion here and sprinkling that out onto people you encounter for the rest of your day. And opening your eyes when you feel ready. How are you both feeling? Yeah, really good. Very good and uh, yeah, thanks for that. It's really good. That, that was a kind of little micro, <laughs> micro yeah. version of the beginning and the end. Yeah, thank course, you. Yeah. It's uh, very powerful. Yeah, and uh, obviously, stairs when you listen to the ones with music, it's uh, it's amplified even more, in my opinion. So, yeah, it's yeah. Really good. I mean, we do that on a much. We kind of, I would um, do that much slower, and you know, you'd really observe each part of your body as you go and. Um, so you kind of get a real sort of um, etheric, etheric, etheric feeling, mm. um, and uh, yeah, you can kind of observe what's going on almost outside of yourself as well, which is quite empowering, quite 
freeing. No, it definitely feels like the best way to start a day or to end a hectic one, right? Yeah, I sometimes do. I don't, I'm not sure if you got to this episode, but I sometimes do. Um, so I studied uh, macrobiotics and traditional Chinese medicine. And we use a technique in macrobiotics called doin, which is also used in martial arts um, and shiatsu. And it's a way of stimulating the meridians, which are the energy, energy channels in the body, um, according to TCM, traditional Chinese medicine. And that's a really great way to just like really feel your energy and your power and get you quite fired up. It's kind of a different, a different way to start, you know, as well. Yeah, kind of nice the kind of, one? Uh, I think the sec. A uh, little. Well, I can't remember the colours now. I think it's the second one. Second. Or uh, third one. Which ones? Have, which ones have you done? I did one called. Uh, I think it was light awakening or how the word awakening. Gentle awakening. Gen- yeah. Yeah, that's it. Gentle. Yeah. Was it that one? Possibly. Yeah. Can't remember. That felt a bit more. That felt a bit more upbeat. A bit more. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I did celebrate yourself. I think it was the first one, which was a slightly longer one because it was mm. the first one. Yeah, Gentle that had the most, Yeah, I remember the first one that had like probably the most diverse music I'd say yeah um, and then the second one had the most energy and then the last one was kind of a bit of a balance between the two Wait, was that lift lift the heart yeah lift the heart that's yeah. yeah by the way that was a poem by Mark Hack okay I read cool. yeah you can give that credit in beautiful the I yeah I read that quite often in my in my sessions because it's just so beautiful I think um yeah and is that something you encounter quite a lot, that feeling of perhaps people not accepting that a sun, a ray of sunlight could penetrate a broken window and light up a room? I mean, that was quite powerful. Did you ever encounter mm. that with one of your students? Is that something that... I think it's a, I think it's a universal feeling, really. I think people go, you know, we, I think especially now with a lot of social media pressures and just general societal pressures, self-worth is something that comes up a lot and people not feeling empowered and you know and and feeling a bit lost in in who they are and not often finding purpose in their life and it's definitely something that's been a recurring theme for me a lot of people that I work with um especially a lot of people who've had more severe mental health issues that I've worked with um have often felt very displaced in society yeah so I think it's just a it's a really nice message to know that it's okay to be to not be okay and it's okay to feel the things that you're feeling and it's very natural and it's a normal part of human behavior and it's not forever and it can be you know there are ways to help it and to get better yeah Yeah, I I think that feeling of um, just accepting that what if what you are who you are what you have what you can do is all enough like imagine that was true and then like I think that's something which uh, I forgot his surname he's called Stephen he's he's a motivational speaker he once came out with like a poem that said you know imagine you're enough and I can't remember how the how the stanzas go but I know he really went in and just kind of instilled that feeling of just being sufficient just being enough and I think Mm. that's what the poem also highlights that message yeah and I think people are ultimately you know searching for connection I think it cannot it's sometimes forgotten that that's with yourself yeah yeah you know and we're looking outside of ourselves for that Definitely. and that's something that I often bring into I think in one of the sessions you might I think you've done it I talk about the phrase I am love and just coming from that that space of 
it's all here you know and it's just it's just accessing it and allowing Mm. it and trusting it so charlie at the end we normally ask our guests uh, some questions what's your greatest fear so on a sort of, I suppose on a sort of more psychological level, I'm, all, I'm quite scared of being seen, actually. I think that's, I'm a bit of an introvert. And even though like everything I do is quite, I seem to be putting myself out there quite a lot with like music and then with, the, you know, holding the space and doing sessions. But it's something I do fear quite a lot. Um, that's quite a, that's quite a deep one, isn't it? But um, I suppose on like, I do quite, I'm quite interested in like irrational fears. Um, my auntie's scared of cracked mud okay. you've heard of that one before she's actually got a fear of cracked mud um and uh, i know someone who's got fear of buttons as well wow which is also what are your biggest fears <laughs> just turning that question around yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. no i'd say also psychologically i mean not not reaching a potential that i believe i have so I think that's kind of on a day-to-day basis, just making sure that I'm in line. I know obviously there's going to be some days where you dip and some days where you're peaking. And then if you look at a trend line over like a course of a year, I think that's the main one. Like, is there going to be a tangible uplift, like improvement? And is, mm. is a potential being fulfilled? I think for me, that's, that's a big one. Very interesting. When you said that, actually, when you started that sentence, I was thinking of exactly the same thing, like not, not, mm. ach- not achieving uh, a goal um, or, yeah, not reaching my full potential. That's definitely a fear. And actually, I think it's, it's not a bad fear to have because it can also push you to mm. achieve your goals as well. So, uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's like breaking those fears. Same with me. It's like, okay, well, there's that fear of being fully seen, but then I seem to be pushing into that a little bit anyway. So, yeah. you know, you have to kind of have to conquer it at the same time. Yeah. I tell you what, though, I do have a little bit of an irrational fear about squirrels. Oh, really? Just, I just like, I just think they're up to something. They've got like, a, there's a hidden agenda going on. <laughs> 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 they're just sneaking around everywhere. Um, stealing everyone's almonds <laughs> yeah exactly but no i don't that's kind of um not that fearful but yeah i think there's those kind of more deeply rooted psychological things that pop up from time to time yeah i'd say like just to kind of avoid the cliche um i know one that i previously used to have more towards like my late teens early 20s i, I used to be scared of like people sorry not being the person not being the best person that other people expected me to be if that makes sense and then like right. somewhere along the line I realised that's ridiculous. Like man, no one cares. It's just like everyone cares about themselves. No one's focused yeah. on that much. So I, I I think I snapped out of that one really quickly. And now yeah. it's more about, yeah, what I just said, like the potential, myself, what I'm doing. And maybe well, that'll change. It's your own years, expect yeah, yeah, it's kinda of like your own expectations, isn't it? You're kind of putting the pressure on yourself with that one. Yeah. And I think that's probably something that resonates with a lot of the younger audience. Yeah, you know, I think that's quite normal when you're going through your teens. That expectation that others put on you, or you think they put on you, but don't. Yeah, we have very creative minds, don't we? So we can kind of attach to stories and things, and and mm-hmm. think blow things out of proportion. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's that's bang on. <laughs> <laughs> and if you had a choice between going forward at any point in time or back and at any point in time, which one would you choose and why? I was thinking this the other day because I, I was seeing all the signs around the park for like the coronavirus. And if you'd kind of gone forward to this like a year ago, you'd be like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. 
it's kind of scary. I mean, it depends what the terms and conditions are. Is this like lifelong going backwards <laughs> and forwards or is it just momentarily? Do I have any special um, powers? Momentarily, no special powers. Okay, oh, I'd probably go back to uh, like prehistoric time. Have a little look around for a very short period of time. So like hunt um, together a time or? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Or just like, yeah, just look at some dinosaurs. Be amazing. Just, but I'd have to kind of, I know if I had an invisibility cloak, I'd definitely be free to roam, but otherwise I probably wouldn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> like, it depends on the day as well. Like, for example, for me, sometimes I want to go back in the past and some days I'm just like, no, nah, I want to see what a thousand years looks like. Um, yeah, it's pretty like trippy. 30, 20. Wow. I mean, just saying it excites me. I'm like, well, 30, 20. It's not. So the only uh, other thing is the word associations uh, that we do at the mm. end. Okay. Um, so basically, we say a word and you say the first word that comes to your mind. So we'll get Martin to start us off on those. Sure. Peace. Love. <laughs> Technology. Computers. Home. Safe. Travel. Adventure. Success. Ooh. <laughs> I just I, actually what came to mind was adventure. Okay. Again, yeah. I can't say good. that. Yeah. No, you can, you can. Yoga. Calm. Food. Delicious. Dinosaurs. Cool. <laughs> uh, warm weather. Rest. Dancing. Invigorating. Cool. Oh. <laughs> Just realised, like, so I, I, used to te- I used to teach English when I lived in Japan and we used to play that game and the rule was that we'd always have to use nouns. And I just realised I used all adjectives in that. Oh, right. more, like descriptive oh. words, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where did you live in Japan? I lived, um, I lived in a quite rural place um, uh, in Aichiken near Nagoya, which is sort of in between um, Osaka and Kyoto. Uh, yeah, sorry, know. Tokyo and Kyoto. Have you been to Japan? Yeah, yeah. I know Nagoya because um, we passed through it as well on the train and it didn't ah. look like a very... Uh, it looked like a very business corporate. Yeah, it's a very industrial city. Yeah, industrial. I didn't live there, but I lived, that's the kind of place that people would know is the closest. But I lived sort of in the mountains in a little village town, actually. About ah. 30, it's about 30 minutes by train. How um, did you end up there? there? Like, did you choose it um, specifically before you went out or did you just come across I, it? I was traveling and um, I ended up teaching. I did a TEFL in, in Thailand and I was living and teaching in Thailand for a bit which was great, but it was just really um, low money. So it was fine, sort of like hand to mouth. Um, yeah. And then I, yeah, I got a job in Japan. I was just like, with my partner at the time, we were like, well, let's just see who gets the job first and we'll go there. It was sort of like an extension of traveling, really. We didn't really want to come back to the UK. So it's like, how can we live abroad? <laughs> and, st- and, you know, just still kind of facilitate this like bohemian traveling lifestyle. But it was great. I was there, I was there for five years. Five years? Um, yeah. Did you learn Japanese? Um, 
a little bit. <laughs> I did like, I, I learned enough to get by. Um, my excuse was always that my students and friends just wanted to learn English all the time. Um, That's a fair excuse, yeah. Yeah, but I did, we did, we had like quite a lot of holidays. We'd end up kind of like hitchhiking and, and hiking and traveling around and camping and that's you kind of forced into situations there where people don't really speak English yeah yeah so that's kind of where my best sort of like pidgin Japanese came in that. yeah it's a yeah. cool place what were you doing then I was just traveling for two weeks as a standard annual leave from work just nice. on a holiday traveled around a bit it was really good I'm not sure if um I could live there though I'm surprised that you managed to live there for yeah, so it's... long and enjoy it it was a very different culture um but then towards the end of it i kind of liked it so much i was a bit sad to leave so maybe it takes a bit of time and then you forget about all the things that made you uncomfortable i'm not sure yeah it's it's quite intense yeah. um in, in a lot of ways it's quite hard to kind of be part of society there yeah, yeah. it's quite homogenous homogenous society but it's also everyone was just so welcoming and lovely and 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 friendly um but it yeah it was uh, it's interesting <laughs> yeah, yeah great mountains as well it's like 80 percent mountainous so you can just never be short of a hike yeah i noticed that as well yeah especially when you go to like hakone and you see fuji and you're like wow that's really iconic yeah beautiful mountain well yeah no we appreciate you coming on it was a really good chat thank um, you so much for having me it's been yeah. really fun it's good yeah definitely we can maybe organize a part two or Set yeah up some, uh, set up some sort of a panel maybe with a few other people in a similar oh that'd category. be cool yeah that's that um so yeah we'll definitely keep our ears open for any news and any updates and uh yeah we'll we'll keep a close eye on you and see how you're getting on and um likewise yeah well done with the podcast it's great it's doing really well yeah hopefully uh, it's just the beginning so let's see where it goes but we're enjoying talking to different people and learning new things yeah exactly expand the mind no thank you so much that was really good uh, it was good to learn about uh what you're doing and i think it's really great and uh yeah look forward to part two at some point yeah and have a go if you get a chance yeah 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 cool. well enjoy the rest of lockdown and uh, i will up. do you too and good luck with everything work-wise cheers <laughs> <laughs>